0: On this episode, live from Castle Coombe for the first JC Tracksport event of
1: 2023.
0: Hello and welcome to the Jaguar Enthusiast podcast, part of our Jaguar Enthusiast series of media, including Jaguar Enthusiast magazine and Jaguar Enthusiast online at jec.org.uk. I'm Wayne Scott, you're very welcome along, and on this very special episode, we're live from Castle Coombe in Wiltshire for the very first event of the JC TrackSport calendar for 2023. Yes, the Wiltshire countryside was cloaked in the fresh green of spring in April and the sun shone for us whilst the hills were alive with the sound of Jaguars and stunning ones at that because we had some real superstars joining us not just from the likes of the Jaguar Daimler Heritage Trust who arrived with none other than the 1988 winning Le Mans car the XJR9 built by T. TWR, driven by Andy Wallace, Jan Lammers and Johnny Dumfries. Not just that, but a whole selection of F-types as well for the 10th anniversary. We had a huge parade of F-types that you can see pictures of on the JEC website at jc.org.uk forward slash news. We've even got aerial drone shots of it and everything on there. Of course, all of the cars from Swallows Racing were out and about. The passenger rides were taking place in the jp1 the palmer sport xk's joined us and making their debut at track sport was new barn racing with their 6.2 liter f type that we were all treated to watching as it roared around the historic castle coom circuit huge thanks to paul murray for bringing that car and i'm sure we'll see and hear more of it in future jc Tracksport events we also had some notable attendees as well it was good to see julian barrett there who of course i interviewed here on the podcast just a couple of episodes ago from sng barrett he was taking around his anniversary edition f-type enjoying the circuit in that We were also joined by Lord Bath of Longley, also Tim Nash who joined Ray Ingman to assist him with ards tuition during the day and to also just teach some of our novice track day drivers the best way around the circuit. And as ever to the whole entire swallows racing team for the amazing selection of passenger rides that they gave people throughout the day, and to Andrew Maynard, who supplied us with his TWR built XJR fifteen in fact. The very first xjr 15 r9r and on this podcast we're going to catch up with peter purdom the chairman of the JEC. we're going to talk to phil beck who is there representing the jaguar enthusiast club's insurance scheme also we're going to have a very very special hot lap with ray ingman our arts instructor and he's going to teach me and therefore by listening you as well the best way to get round castle coom he talks us literally through every single go corner That's on this episode of the Jaguar Enthusiast podcast. Also, a little bit of a crazy thing towards the end of the podcast. If you like your straight six Jaguar engine noises, you're going to love it. Uh, You can hear the engine noise far more than you can hear me attempting in vain to try and commentate over the top of it. I gave it my best shot. I've given you what we recorded. It's quite hilarious. Although you can hear what we're saying towards the end because we got a red flag. And things sort of calm down a little bit. But the engine noise is worth it alone, so I've left it in. That's coming up a little bit later on this episode of the Jaguar Enthusiast podcast. But first, it has been a long time since Richard West sat in the passenger seat of the XJR 15. He worked for TWR with Tom Walkinshaw back in 1990 when they took their second victory at Le Mans. He hasn't been in a race car since those days. But this April, at J C Tracksport at Castle Combe, we popped him in the XJR15, driven by Tom Robinson from Swallows Racing, and in an amazing formation run, alongside the 1988 winning Le Mans XJR9, built by TWR, emblazoned in its silk-cut livery. We took him for another ride just to see if it triggered any memories of what it was like to be working for Tom Walkinshaw Racing during the Jaguar era. We caught up with him just before his outlap and then we spoke to him immediately after he'd come back in. And you can hear that interview next. You're listening to the Jaguar Enthusiasts Podcast. To find out what events you can get along to or to discover local club meets in your region, visit jec.org.uk. So before richard west took to the track with tom driving at castle coombe in the xjr15 we caught up with him as he was getting belted in to get his initial
2: thoughts i'm pretty excited i won't but i am also a bit nervous (laughs) andrew told me the value (laughs) (laughs) sat here now the the strangest thing is the angle of your feet because you're far over and obviously a right hand gear change which is a bit unusual normally we're in a kind of standard road based car that's been converted but Obviously, being designed as a well race car to start with, it's a completely different feel straight away. It
0: gives you a real sense for what it must have been like to race on one of the big street circuits like they did in the series back in the early 90s, doesn't it? It must have been a real handful. Oh,
2: absolutely, yeah. I mean, no power steering, no ABS, no traction. It's a it's a proper proper mechanical car. So how they did this for hours on end, I don't know.
0: Well, one of the most powerful Jaguars ever built, Tom. No pressure. Uh, how are you going to go about getting it around the track? Is it sort of slowly, slowly, first lap, get a feel for it, and then open her up?
2: Yeah, exactly that. I, like I said, I've, I've never driven it, so just take it easy for, for a few laps, get a feel for the thing, and then go from there, really. Brilliant.
0: Well, I'll have a little chat with your passenger who's looking very nervous in the passenger seat over there. (laughs) It's been a very long time, Richard, hasn't it, since you'd sat in the XJR15, and this being the R9R one, of course, that started it all for Tom Walkinshaw Racing back in the day.
3: It was indeed, Wayne. This is the very car that Tom pulled up outside my office at TWR, tapped on the door and said, step outside, laddie, I've got a ride for you. And we went outside, and this very car had the number plate Tom 4 on it, but no seatbelts. And Tom took me around the Oxfordshire lanes in it. And in fact... It is the very first time I've sat in the passenger seat of a race car since uh, I worked for Williams and we lost Ayrton. So it's a very emotional ride for me, but one that I'm looking forward to immensely.
0: Fantastic. Well, you've, you shoehorned yourself in very elegantly, might That's I say. Yeah. And uh, the story goes that Tom Walkinshaw used this for his wedding back in the day. It must have been a very sedate trip with the car on that day. That is far from what you're about to experience. So tell us about how nervous you're feeling right now.
3: Uh, to be honest, I mean, I, I'm a, I suffer a little bit from claustrophobia so this is not the best place in the world to be in but it's just such an honour and a privilege that Andrew Maynard the car owner has given us and I've got to be honest and I am going to plug this where else on this planet could I do this if it wasn't for the Jaguar Enthusiast Club. Absolutely right
0: here we are at Castle Coombe for the JC Track Sport Day then and Richard West strapped into the XJR15 built by TWR in the early 1990s and he's looking slightly apprehensive but very excited. So, Richard, enjoy the ride. We'll talk to you on the other side. Thanks, Wayne. See you the other side. <laughs> Cheers, mate. Wow. well richard you've uh, just come back in in 1988 jaguar went to le mans and won Thank they it. beat the porsches two years later the car that you're sat in the xjr15 was launched and 53 were made how was it to be going around the wiltshire circuit of castle coombe following that 88 winner in this car that uh, well was part of your career as well wasn't it
3: yeah, It was it? very much i mean uh, i joined tom in the january of 89 i was a mclaren man as you know in in the 80s but then i got this call from tom to join and a lot was going on at twr at that time we had the 220 program we had the XJR 15 we had the imsa team we had the, uh, the group c team and it was a hugely hugely busy time but it was also a very emotional time because cars like this are obviously very special doesn't sum it up wayne but these were there at the same time. and In fact, Jaguar took a dim view of these when they were first launched because obviously the 220 was out there with the V6. This suddenly was the V12 with all the carbon composite material. This very car we're sat in was the development R9R car, which is why you see the rivets in the carbon composite here. All the other cars were bonded. and Jaguar took a dim view to it, but eventually it morphed into the Jaguar Sport Intercontinental Challenge The cars raced at uh, Monte Carlo, at Monaco. They raced at and They raced at Silverstone. And for a while after that, you know, the, the car, everybody knew about it. It was a famous part of TWR's history. But it didn't really catch the imagination. But, of course, in the last five to seven years, I think it is, the world's caught fire with them. They're now a hugely valuable car, this one owned by Andrew Maynard, who's a phenomenal supporter of the Jaguar Enthusiast Club. And a few weeks ago, we you know, we, we talked about me possibly having a run in the car. Um, and it's the first time I've ever sat in the passenger seat of a race car since I was taken around Estoril in 1994 by Ayrton Senna when we launched the Rothmans-Williams Renault team to the world. And um, I've lived with a few ghosts of that ever since, to be honest. And Tom, you know, very kindly was aware of that, took me out. But I have to say, <laughs> for the second we got out there, we were on it. First lap. A little bit nervous, I have to be honest. But there again, looking at the Group C car as well, brilliantly driven by a man from the Jaguar Daimler Heritage Trust there as a shakedown for the car. It's going down to the the centenary event at Le Mans this year. And to be following a TWR Jaguar in a TWR R9R, I tell you what, it'll live with me forever. You You can tell I'm a bit emotional about it because I just said to Tom in the car, it brings back so many memories of my time in motorsport and also with Tom and the team at TWR of which they were a brilliant group of guys and girls and when we went back in 1990 and won it again I mean competing in and you're a Le Mans man yourself you know this to even just compete at Le Mans is an achievement to win it as Jaguar have done seven times and TWR Jaguar twice is outstanding and to be in something with Tom who as you know we work very closely with Swallows they're a brilliant partner to the Jaguar Enthusiast Club and i felt safe i felt highly elated we were both shouting our heads off at each other and at one point we were laughing hysterically <laughs> and just to be able to do it courtesy of matthew davis and his team at jdht behind the Le Mans winner i don't think there's anything i'll ever do that will top this to be honest
0: it was an immensely proud achievement for everyone who was involved in TWR. But I guess as you're sat in this passenger seat, you can't help but think of some of the people that you worked with back in the day as well. Was, was that in your mind as you, as you looked at these two masterpieces of Jaguar and what they'd achieved?
3: Oh, very much. I mean, the, 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 the sports car teams operate obviously very differently technically to a to a touring car or f1 team but the camaraderie at twr was immense and in fact my my oldest son christian works for bremont watches and they have cars and coffee supercar days they've got one this saturday and two of the boys from the old twr team viv cowley who worked on both the imsa program and the twr program fantastic guy now now builds motorcycles for wealthy clients But we stay in touch. And when you hosted us, you know, so ably at Blenheim uh, a few years back when we had the TWR revival, nearly 70 of us, you know, older, greyer, slightly larger individuals all turned up. And when you've been part of a team like that, and I'm sure Tom finds this with his crew at Swallows Racing, you never lose it. It stays with you and you can walk into a room after 15, 20 years and you just pick up where you left off. You know, a few rude comments about the waistline and the grey hair or lack of it and then everyone just gets on with it and they were an amazing bunch at twr some you know paul davis the team manager roger silman one of the directors tony southgate of course alistair mcqueen who you've interviewed and then you get into that enormous lineup of drivers when we spoke to Brundle, you know martin in the podcast he shared with us then some of the emotions from those days and overseeing it all was the big scott himself who as i've told you many times never took prisoners but he was a generous man and he'd be very, very proud to see these two cars running here today. So if Martin, Tom's wife, Elizabeth, his first wife and his sons pick up this commentary, it's to them a big thank you also because they live the dream with all of us as I've lived my dream again today.
0: They're still incredibly evocative, aren't they? And you've just had the view that, well... The view that Porsche had in 1988, (laughs) let's be honest, from behind the number two car that won uh, with, of course, uh, that wonderful trio of drivers. One of which we've lost, of course, Johnny Dumfries, no longer with us, uh, but Jan Lammers uh, and, of course, Andy is still very much a part of uh, Jaguar Enthusiast Club activities. We Mm -hmm. often host him at our events. Mm -hmm. Does it give you a real appreciation for their achievement when you sit behind a car like that and follow it round a track at
3: speed? You know, we both just said to each other on a slowing down lap, how in God's name do you do it? Like big John Nielsen, the Dane. John used to do triple stints. And when we go to places like Daytona, the only air conditioning these cars had was like these two blowers in the dashboard here. There's no air con as such. It's only airflow. Just hot air exactly that and when we got to Daytona you know it's great in the night session there but of course being in Florida at that time of the year the sun comes up and Martin you know I think we talked about this in the interview you regularly get temperatures approaching 50 degrees C in the carbon cockpit that already is cooled down now but this carbon where I have my hand on lap 4 I said to Tom it's getting bloody hot in here and he said yeah you're right it is now you imagine when you're in there doing a double stint or you know you're in France in the middle of the year and the sun blazing down with triple layer ovals on they have my they've always had drivers and I've worked with many world champions as you know um they've always had my utmost admiration as indeed as Tom today because this is not an easy car to drive and it's got so much torque when you're out there it it just flies I think, Tom, I've got to say, I think the Silk Cut Jaguar is a red rag to a bull as well. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, Tom, I mean, that must be an ambition for you, realise, following that car round in this XJR15.
2: I mean, it's an absolute dream come true. Yeah, not only to, to drive and experience this car, but to be following the Le Mans winner. I just, as we were saying, it's. I think the only way to explain the car is it's, it's just raw. You've got fuel, you've got heat, you've got um, no services Yeah, the smell is completely different to anything I've ever driven. Um, and as well with it, with the gear change it's very tight gears a tiny miss on the rev match and we got a little crunch so but yeah no just absolutely overwhelmed really it's just um, a dream come true to be honest
0: and this was supposed to be the road going version of the car you just followed <laughs>
2: well i don't know what the road bits are but no.
4: <laughs> it's
2: no. absolutely unbelievable thing how you ever we were saying this on the way out how he considered this to be a road car i'll never know it's, <laughs> no it, right. it just couldn't be any more race if it tried it's no power steering no servo assistance it's just raw but from a driver's perspective with the feedback for such a big car it's so balanced and the power delivery is really really nice and i was actually surprised at how much torque it had as well i was really Huge. worried about it being very peaky but actually it's very drivable and usable it was a Absolutely amazing, I'm, I'm really honoured to be able to have the opportunity. Did you feel
0: comfortable with it from the off or did it take a bit of getting used to? It
2: took a, a little bit getting used to, I won't lie, I, the biggest thing for me is the driver position because my, my legs are quite far over to the left and same with the steering wheel and then the gear changes on, on the right but once I started to get a feel for it Um, you can really feel what the car can do but it did take a couple of laps but obviously I'm mindful of it being Andrew's as well because (laughs) I was enjoying it so much it's very easy to get carried away Yes, well of
0: course we won't go into the uh, value of the car that I'm currently perched on the side of with you two Uh, of course a gentleman never talks about money nor does he talk about a repair bill should it go wrong (laughs) No way Incredible opportunity for you Richard to relive those memories what was going through your mind as you were lapping the circuit there and just thinking about the people you met the cars you've seen, the bits of highlights of your career that this is so evocative of? What were the memories that came flooding back?
3: Just how fortunate I've been, Wayne. You know, I come to days like this and I see people bringing their beautiful cars. There's lots of other things other than Jaguars here today, some wonderful cars. And I see the passion that those people have. And I've been lucky enough, you know, as you know, to experience that in many pit lanes. And I I just think that if it's any way that people can even get a fraction of that feeling I've had from those experiences over the years, then it's time well spent because, quite honestly and I'm not just plugging the club here, you know, the JEC does provide that comradeship, that friendship and relationships grow, you know, Tom and I have become good friends through this and we've done some good things together business wise and that's very important but underlying it all is, is the passion of cars and in particular what Jaguar have achieved through their history in motorsport and what you do realise when you go out there in something like this is the immense skills of just everybody that works in the industry you know you've got that beautiful F-Type from New Barn Racing here with us and you know there's three young guys working on that car that's a masterpiece in its own right you've got Tom's entire team here today with their success and you just realise the drive and the determination and the commitment and the passion and i take my hat off and my thanks to everybody over the years with us and sadly those who have gone who've committed their lives to their motorsport programs and their understanding families that it takes in order to deliver the type of thing that we're sat in here today it's just quite remarkable so great great day for me very very special and to top it all we have a new sponsorship partner for the jc that we've introduced to the club today and the sun's shining man i'm happy to be alive it couldn't be a better day if i tried
0: a great and quite emotional moment from jc Traxport at castle coombe there then let's meet some of the supporters of the event starting with phil beck from jc insurance great to have so many of the club's supporters here as well lining the paddock talking to the people that have enjoyed the atmosphere here at castle Coombe all day and one of those supporters of course is jc insurance administered for the club by peter james and uh, phil is here from jc insurance phil it must have been great to have spent the day with the members there's been lots of big wide smiles out there
5: hasn't there the weather's been fantastic there's been um it's been great to meet up with friends and so many new uh, members that we've not spoken to before, and, and talk to them about the um, the positives of the new J C insurance scheme.
0: Yeah, it's great as well because there's a reason you're here more than just supporting the club, and that is because each and every one of these people taking their pride and joy out on track can protect it by insuring for every single one of the J C track days throughout the year through the JEC insurance scheme and that is a real benefit of both the club and the insurance scheme isn't it
5: massively so you know it gives um, members peace of mind they're taking their pride and joy out there and uh, you know part of the scheme provides cover specifically for JEC organised track sport events yeah it's
0: incredible and there's no cost to this it is included in your club policy all you have to do is if you're planning to come to a track day event
5: just give you a call yeah, just tell us which ones you're doing uh, and we'll provide that endorsement on your policy. Yeah, that's oh, fantastic. So lots of happy faces,
0: lots of people confident to take their Jaguars out on track, knowing that they're covered and obviously a chance for you to see some of the machines in the paddock as well and there's been a huge diversity, is not there?
5: Oh, smells, noises, it's been <laughs> magical day. Yeah, just a reminder of how people
0: can get in touch with the scheme through the club.
5: Just contact uh, the JC Insurance Scheme on 0121 274. Thank you very much Phil.
0: Normally at track days what will tend to happen is by about lunchtime people start to drift off and the paddock becomes very quiet, the pit lane becomes a lot quieter than it was in the morning and things all calm down. That cannot be said for Castle Coombe this year, here for the JC Tracksport opening events of the season. And uh, it's still very, very busy here. It's been a fantastic day already. And I'm here with Matthew Davis from the Jaguar Daimler Heritage Trust, who have brought, as they always do, some amazing cars for us to enjoy. This year, though, wow, what a season opener. We have the XJR15, Andrew's car here with the JDHT, XJR9, Two cars by TWR and the car that won Le Mans in 1988.
4: Um, Incredible to see these two cars out together. (laughs) Here she is, meeting her public way. We had to bring the 88 car out. She's got such a busy summer ahead. And uh, there's a big debate. It was nearly XKD 605. We've just done a big engine rebuild on that. And that needs some track time. So I set out from home. I live this side of Coventry. So I I said I'd meet the lads here and... uh, told everyone get ready for a surprise and uh, I was the most surprised because outrolled the 88 girl and I was expecting the uh, the D-type but yeah she's um, uh, we've we, we've got a big shakedown to do um, we're going to be running her at Le Mans at the 24 hour uh, the winner's parade and then uh, we're leaving her in the museum over till uh, classic comes along at the end of the month and then we um, straight to Goodwood for Festival of Speed. So um, I'm hearing good things about Goodwood. I think there might be quite a few Jaguar Le Mans winners all meeting up again. So um, we needed her to put her on the track and make sure she's running right. Well, of course,
0: it is very apt that it's here this year, and it is involved in all of those celebratory events because it is the centenary of the world's greatest motor race, the 24 Hours of Le Mans. And this car, as Matthew says, won in 1988 with TWR and Jaguar, with Andy Wallace, Johnny Dumfries, and Jan Lammers at the wheel. It was the car that had led right the way through the morning at Le Mans and was starting to suffer gearbox troubles towards the end of the race, and it was just about able to limp across the start finish line to complete that glorious three abreast photo that we've got so used to seeing over the years but here it is at castle coombe running brilliantly on the track as well as we heard earlier on
4: it's just never gets old seeing this car out right? it's still evocative isn't it oh it's just i don't know for us of a certain age wayne <laughs> i think it's the Le Mans car isn't it i don't think um I, I can think of a car that means more to me um in, when I look back on Le Mans and um particularly in 88 when it was the, the big Jaguar win they'd come close they'd been building up since 84 felt something was coming and then to land it in 88 was just spectacular and um I still remember it yeah <laughs> and I, and 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 it was funny because um I was just trying to see who we could get to drive it and had a lovely chat with andy wallace who's always such a nice man to speak to and uh i said andy you know this this is the most special car everybody wants to see it everybody wants to see you and uh i, I don't think he still believes it <laughs> yeah, yeah. i think that's racing drivers they look forward not backwards but uh no this car i think uh, we just got a chap who's just driven up from bristol saw saw the car here on instagram hopped in his special edition 88f pace and came up to have a picture with it so that's what the car does isn't it
0: yeah it is and it's so rare to see it out on track and doing laps like we did here earlier at castle coombe and you know i was stood by the on the pit wall here at castle coombe as it came past and it still gives you goosebumps you know it's it's a noise like
4: you don't hear anymore isn't it no i think group c i mean it was such a special time and to think you could be competitive with a great big V12 like that behind your head. Uh, it, it, it just sounds like nothing else, looks like nothing else. Tom was just saying as he followed it um, in the 15, it was just, it doesn't bobble weave. The thing just, just kind of changes left and right. It doesn't, it doesn't roll, doesn't pitch. It's just absolutely flat as anything. And um, yeah, just what a car.
0: absolutely (laughs) amazing that uh, 41 years ago group c started and it really was started as a series to govern fuel economy as a real part of the rules of sports car racing and yet you know massive v12 (laughs) here um from basically it's the same v12 block you'd have found in the xjs of the period Um, and all of that that horsepower as well you know horsepower that you just don't see in racing cars anymore it's incredible isn't it
4: no and and back then i mean i'm always amazed when you hear about formula one and 1500 horsepower qualification engines and all that and and this v12 you know back in 88 84 really 85 this 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 engine was out there you know in mega horsepower trim and it was expected to 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 go flat chat 24 hours without missing a beat and and they did it's just extraordinary really isn't it yeah and as you say, we've got a visitor
0: here, which is the modern celebration of the legacy that the XJR9 and all of the other TWR Group C cars have left. And this is this wonderful special limited edition F Pace in that kind of very dark purpley shade. Um, it doesn't, when you park it next to the actual silk cut car, it looks far too dark, doesn't it? But that was generally the idea.
4: No, I think, no, it's, it, it, it's really interesting because people are saying, oh, well, you know. Um, no one's going to sell a £100,000 Jaguar, are they? And, yeah, they are. Yeah. And and they're spectacular. Yeah. And, and, by the way, a whole new load of people are coming into the market and are buying them. And um, it's quite nice. They're kind of tracking back from, well, why is it purple with gold wheels? And then they're finding out about the 88 car, finding out about the racing history. And it's just really nice. It pulls people back to that heritage, which, of course, is what we're all about. But, um, no, I think the 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 special edition car in the sunlight today when you actually get the purple coming out looks bloody amazing doesn't it I think it looks fantastic I wouldn't mind a go Uh, my my big heartbreak is that when the PR people were looking at launching it they said uh, can we have the original car up to Anglesey we booked it for a day now that's my local track and I thought oh my god can I really (laughs) swing a day taking the car up to Anglesey what a dream come true Anyway, I had to be in London for a meeting, so we sent Jock up, Uh. (laughs) our our chief tech, and (laughs) he got to do everything. It's tough Uh, at the top, uh, isn't it? It's (laughs) tough at the top, yeah. I thought, I can't believe I've missed that. But he came back saying that this this special edition is a hell of a thing. So... um, yeah, we've just been wondering how quick that would be round here. <laughs> yeah, phenomenal.
0: And such is the noise of some of the engines here at Castle Coombe in the paddock that uh, every time one of the race cars comes through, it sets off one of the yeah. car alarms, <laughs> which is brilliant. <laughs> all part of the atmosphere here. Um, yeah. But what a phenomenal day we've had here at Castle Coombe. It's great to see modern Jaguars, club members Jaguars, yeah. and of course our history as well, all sharing track time.
4: know uh, we, we were just sort of talking about it and saying, you know, where else would you get a car that one the no more? Um, you know asking the fella and his ex type if he could just move across so we can let the ramp down you know yeah. that's that's it everybody's here everybody's we're all Jag lovers we're all yeah. Jag people and it's just the sun's shining on the righteous Wayne isn't it it's just a fabulous day yeah absolutely. Yeah, we, we love coming We um, so we've got 30 volunteers that work for us and you know when, when a JC track sport day comes up it's who wants to bring a car who wants to come it's our way of saying thanks to the volunteers and and these cars we're a charity we're here for the good of the nation so we kind of view these cars as public property in that way so we like getting them out here it's fantastic for everyone who appreciates them to see them yeah, and welcome. hear them <laughs> we
0: certainly appreciate both seeing and hearing them and it's been great to see that wonderful evocative 1988 Le Mans winning XJR9 so uh, Matthew Davis thank you very much lovely to see you away thank you Well, as the afternoon continues, here in the paddock at Castle Coombe, I've found the Jaguar Enthusiast Club Chairman stood next to a lovely C-Type that has just fired up, ready to get up in the queue for its afternoon session here. And uh, I was just remarking when I was talking to Matthew Davis, normally at track days, just after lunchtime, it all goes quiet and everyone clears off home. Not at a JC Track Sport event. It's still very
6: busy here and we're nearly four o'clock in the afternoon. And there's still a queue for people wanting to have a passenger ride with with somebody that knows what they're doing. So yes. th- that's really very good. It's a good sign. And uh, it's been great. Um, I've lot, met lots of people who seem to have been very happy with the proceedings of the day. So it's great.
0: I have to say I've been to lots of track days. I've done lots of track days. No one does track days like the JEC Tracksport events. They really are a, a tremendous mix of community the club coming together there's a massive social aspect of today there's the history that the jaguar damel heritage trust have brought us and such a diverse range of members cars as well from the very nice xk120 that's been rolled into position with a grand primo nuvolari badge on the front of it right the way through to project sevens and of course that wonderful xjr15 that uh, richard west had a treat uh, with going in a little bit earlier on but it just shows the diversity in the club as well doesn't it
6: yeah absolutely and and the club is about catering for everybody's needs whether it's um, a, an xj40 uh, or whether it's a, as you say a brand new car which which is a different animal altogether um, and uh, we've got some lovely classic cars here you've mentioned the 120 there's a mark ii that's been going around as well and talking to people about cars they're working on some c-type replicas that look great um, it's just lovely um, and to see everybody enjoying themselves uh, and doesn't the sunshine make a difference for mm, us yes yeah. absolutely. I understand you booked that Peter. Uh that that was that was absolutely down to me <laughs> yes it's it's on the direct line
0: is a lovely atmosphere isn't it just mainly because of the Sun of course that you booked but also because there's a real friendly atmosphere about the place as you mentioned we've got huge gaps in performance between those really early classics and some of those really high performance supercars but everyone's supporting each other and everyone's friendly there isn't the sort of bravado that you get at some track days is there
6: no not at all and and it's just been a joy to to watch people swapping stories and some people that have been here for the first time never been out on a track before Uh, some people that have done it many times and sharing their experience and so um, helping the new people to understand just um, how it is which way to go around the track and and all of those things it's it's been a, a super day so far and and there's still a queue of people waiting for for rides so that's that's really good and that's what we want to encourage we want to encourage more of our members to come to these events even if perhaps they're not comfortable with taking their car out on track, but come and have an experience with somebody that really knows what they're doing, and and it's, it's really worthwhile
0: and loads more track days yet to come this year, this yeah. is our season opener here at Castle Coombe, we've still got Blighton Park Heywood Hill Climb, Thruxton they're all online, go online and see them, jc.org.uk forward slash events or forward slash track sport takes you straight to the list and you can book on them and if some of them have sold out if they have sold out, don't worry, you can still come for free and come and enjoy a day out with the club, so uh, it's a great, great event isn't
6: it? It is and, uh, and we want to make it accessible to as many people as possible, uh, so as you say it's not just for the people that are going to drive their car around the track come and join in enjoy the company hear the stories mix in with the club members it's great Peter Purdom
0: chairman of the JC thanks very much well I'm now going to sound very strange here on the JC podcast because I talk to you through the muffled sounds of my helmet I am on board with our instructor Ray Ingman, who will help you if you're a newcomer to track days to build your confidence build your skills here as part of the jc's track sport program of events throughout the year and we're here at castle Coombe, just lining up now to go out for our hot lap and in front of me i can see the avon tires bridge there that you go underneath to enter the the sort of out lane if you like of the the pit lane here at uh, castle coom uh, where you enter onto track so uh as is normal and customary. You'll be uh, grouped into your various groups throughout the day and then the open pit lane lets them out in batches so we're waiting our batch to get the green light to head out onto track but it is an important part of what the JEC do with track days because here is an opportunity for you to come along and to have some instruction uh, from people like Ray and and Ray this is great for you as well because you get to sort of see the driving standards of our JEC membership don't you and there's
7: some talent out there isn't there yes. but there are also yeah. those that need a bit of support as well there's some burgeoning talent yes Wayne and uh, you know, I'm, I'm also not entirely saying that tongue-in-cheek I'll just remove my tongue from my cheek at this moment um no we've had some great things out here we've had some uh father and daughter combinations and what have you where the fathers have trepidatiously allowed their daughters out in the cars Um, and to be honest quite often the daughters have been driving better than the fathers probably fear of taking it back jaguar shaped or something like that but no as as you say this is such a great opportunity uh, without blue flashing lights and speed cameras and what have you to experience what the car can do Also, you're not pressurized to do anything. You're not going out here for to break the lap record. Uh, The whole point of this is that you can go at the pace that you're comfortable with and gradually build up to it. The the track here with the open pit lane, as you explained, allows a goodly amount of track time, so you don't have to do it all in one session. Um, Also, as you'll be seeing or not as this is a podcast um, the track has been helpfully coned out with braking cones turn in cones and apex cones so effectively uh, you've unlike if you were actually racing where you'd have to work it out for yourself if you join those dots up you'll perform a reasonably tidy lap of this famous old circuit And that's what it's all
0: about isn't it, it's it's gaining skills but also gaining confidence because the more skills and confidence and indeed safety that you have when you're out on track, the more you're going to get out of the car the quicker you're going to go round.
7: Yeah, absolutely so and again the beauty of these multi-sessions is that we usually find that after 15 minutes you're losing concentration so the best thing to do is do about 15 minutes out there, come in and it's a truism that go and have a cup of tea or coffee or whatever, not alcohol and then you'll subliminally have learnt things that you can put into practice on your next session.
0: Well we are just queuing up now for our out lap and Ray's going to talk us around the typical lap of Castle Coombe, sharing some of the tips that he shares with uh, the students. If you've never done a track day before, if you've never been on a race circuit before, if you're a bit nervous about taking your Jaguar out, the best thing you can do is to come to one of the JC track sport events to meet Ray and to come out on a lap like this and to get some real tips and advice to build your skills and confidence as you go and we'll find out what some of those tips are going to look like such as the the camaraderie here at the jc truck event so we've got tom lenthal tapping at the window and uh tom we're all, all right, set Ray? to go now and uh ray's going to show us around castle Coombe and and share us some tips but of course you don't need
4: any of those tips do you well i, I think you're in good hands wayne i also understand you might be popping out with mr wool in my car later that's i think you might notice a slight difference in uh, uh
0: soundproofing of vehicle <laughs> Not well that i'm looking forward to because you're here in the
4: xjs aren't you i am here in the xjs yeah and i think that you'll uh yeah i think you'll have trouble doing your sort of like round circuit interview <laughs> you know we, i'd even be surprised if you can talk full
7: stop <laughs> <laughs> that is a challenge i like to hear <laughs> so we find it best if you close your eyes then it doesn't yeah hurt yeah, so much. yeah
0: close your eyes don't talk thank you tom Thank you very much for that. You see, this is the sort of camaraderie you get here at the track sport events. Everyone sort of peers into each other's windows and offers words of support or just basically heckles you. What would you recommend then for the first timer, Ray, as they're sat ready to do their very first lap? Firstly, I guess the thing and the advice to say is, is to
7: relax, really. Mm. Prior to that, probably going to the toilet's a good idea. <laughs> because any any track based sport you'll find yourself dying to go so cover that one off to start off with and I'm being again relatively serious there but again don't feel under any pressure whatsoever this isn't a pressurized thing this isn't a race meeting there's no timing Um, the thing is that we have a full complement of marshals with flags out there which at the briefing the meanings of those flags are conveyed because that's the only way that you can be contacted while you're out here Um, but Part of this is that overtaking is strongly policed therefore it's only available on the straights and by consent and that means that you're not going to get suddenly overtaken by some idiot like Tom Lenthal in an XJS uh, at very high speed. So it is a very controlled environment and any anybody who does get a little over excited and transgresses will be pulled in for a quiet word. Um, so that's one fear not to have but we strongly recommend that i mean myself and tim who is a uh, castle coom instructor a friend of mine today we've been working virtually flat out that with the queue for four novices to have some tuition and all of them have gone away having learnt something and building their confidence and then they go away do a few laps but as long as you go away from here happy and having learnt something about yourself and your car um without fear of uh, points on the license as i say um i think you'd consider that a good day okay well we're going through the, what passes for the pit lane at Castle Coombe. Uh, it's all very grass and beautiful here. Wonderful viewing areas. Now we're coming up between some cones that are delineating the side of the track from the pit lane exit. A quick glance in the mirror and we accelerate away. Here we turn in. Now the cones are placed in such a way that all the braking is in a straight line because the worst thing you can do is brake in mid-corner because it's going to unbalance the car. Now here we go, we blend the car in towards the blue apex cone and immediately we've passed it, we release the car. One thing that a lot of people on the road don't realise is all the width of the track is yours. It'll be a very peculiar thing to do on the road to go from one curb to the other but the whole principle of track driving is to put the least load into the car as possible and to minimise the steering inputs because in a less powerful car than a Jaguar steering takes away straight line power. Wayne has now gone very quiet, I think he's still
0: alive. I certainly am and uh, this is the power of having an instructor light like Ray to show you around the circuit because and there is a particular technique of picking the time at which you're turning in isn't there Ray on these on these corners
7: there is but it's all about no sudden movements because anything you do suddenly is going to unbalance the car and that's not a really good idea but here we're going into camp it looks quite threatening because there's a big wall, the pit wall against the left of us, but we turn in and we wet the car straight and accelerate. A little confidence lift here, turning in, and now if one watches my hands on the steering wheel, I'm not moving them and we're regaining the line on Avon Rise. We're braking, we're turning in, we're apexing, we're tucking it into the corner here at Quarry. We're then blending in towards the cone and after we pass passed the cone, we can begin to feed in the power and accelerate along the straight. I'm just going to, we've got a C type replica here, which I thought might want to overtake us, but it seems the, the club's sport brake is quick enough to stay in front of it, which is gratifying. Good old swallows with their chip. And it is
0: amazing that uh, you stare into your rear view mirror here on a JC Track Sport event and there. Staring back at you is a C-Type of another member who has taken it out onto track and what's even more amazing is we're not exactly hanging around here. Ray's putting in some really nice moves on the corners here and throwing the XF Sport brake into the bends here as we come into the last of the S's before the pit lane and that C-Type is sticking right with us. It's really impressive from a car for the 1950s isn't it?
7: and quite impressive for an old diesel estate car as well. But what I'm going to do now is, as is polite, I'm just blending over to the left and I'm just letting that you can hear the C-Type go past now, followed by a Mini, that's a strange model of Jaguar, and an S-Type. And now we're turning into Camp and you might be able to hear the noise of them receding from us. As we look to the left, we've got some F-Types joining on this 10th anniversary of that model. A model very dear to my personal heart but we're overtaking them all up the outside just modifying our line a bit because the ideal racing line you have to vary it when there's other cars around you so I'm just regaining the line now we're turning in again blending in and immediately I'm getting on the power as soon as possible many people blind into corners at high speed and do all sorts of late braking, which when you work it out on the stopwatch, which you can't use at a track day, saves you very little time. But If you give up a little bit on the entry to a corner and maximize on the exit speed, if you exit 10 miles an hour quicker, you're gonna carry that 10 miles an hour for the whole of the next straight, which in terms of lap time is a phenomenal amount.
0: And that's quite important here at Castle Coombe, where you do have these quite open, long
7: sections, don't you? We do, yeah. I mean, it's a very entertaining circuit. I mean, we're just coming up to this Bobby's chicane again. And why this was put here many years ago is that if you look to your left, Wayne, there is where the old track used to go. Uh And so you can imagine that if that was the track, we're looking at the paddock now, how fast you would be going down at camp. And once, many, many years ago, a Healey 3000 wound up in the paddock. So it was decided that as cars and tyre technology was getting grippier that they would put in a chicane just to slow slow you down a little. There's also additional chicanes here for when they use these for bike track days. Again, your average superbike is considerably quicker than a car therefore there are some other little chicanes here which preserve bikes from high terminal speeds at the end.
0: We're just once again into Quarry Corner there, and just re-emphasising the tip that you gave us on the outlap, Ray, where I notice you're making sure that all the braking is done both on the entry into that rise, then you're off all of the brakes, letting the car settle, then you're back on the brakes, so you're only ever on the brakes when the car
7: is settled in a straight line. Yeah, there's a thing, Wayne, that um, novices tend to go on the brakes miles back and pour an awful lot of heat into them. When you're confident, you brake hard and late, which is very peculiar because you'd hardly do that up to a set of traffic lights. But that actually minimises the amount of heat going into the brakes. So being precise on the brakes, particularly on an unmodified road car, can pay dividends. We actually seem to be catching up with the C-type again.
0: The tower corner there that we just rounded
7: can be a bit tricky because it sort of tightens up towards the end there, doesn't it? It does, and also, somewhat intimidatingly, the barrier, of the border of the track and the tyre wall come extremely close to you but I mean again it's just concentrating on taking all the speed out of the car in a straight line, turning in, not being too greedy on turning in quickly to unbalance the car and then really you will find that you're in a straight line again and you can accelerate and you can be looking forward towards Bobby's and deciding where to pick your braking point for that. As I say, the braking points are delineated by yellow cones, but these cones are generic. So depending on the car you're in, you can vary the braking point quite considerably. The apexes don't vary, but the turn, and to an extent the turn-ins don't either. But again, this is to make it easy for the novice to navigate the track, even without an instructor beside them. What's really
0: interesting to uh, note when you come out with Ray, if you are coming to a track day for the first time, is um, do have a chance to sit in the passenger seat like I'm doing with him and you'll notice just how little steering input is going in and how very relaxed Ray keeps himself throughout the whole lap He's not gripping the steering wheel He's very relaxed it's actually as if we're just toodling down to Sainsbury's to pick up the paper on a Sunday morning and that's all about getting the fastest lap. you will go quicker if you're more relaxed won't you Ray?
7: Yeah and that's particularly true in any form of you know races can be from 15 minutes 20 minutes up to six hours and if you if you absolutely uh, it for that time you're just not going to survive so you need to get into a rhythm and just be relaxed at the wheel naturally that's a silly thing to say for a novice you're not going to be relaxed but it's a case of not pushing yourself too hard not pushing the car too hard and also keeping an eye on the fuel gauge because on these days you do tend to use a bit more fuel than on the road so you might need to pop down to Sainsbury's and flash your nectar card (laughs) Up. Of
0: course one of the other things that you get on a track day is as your confidence builds throughout the day there's that sort of sweet spot in the afternoon just after lunch where your confidence is at an all time high and that's generally speaking where if you're gonna make an accident, you might just make that little mistake. <laughs> yes,
7: yeah, quite often the last hour of the days, people have got a little bit too brave and a bit too overconfident, but uh, quite a few sort of track day regulars avoid that last hour because you get people just going for it just one more time. Yeah. And that one more time can sometimes be the expensive one more time. <laughs>
0: The best tip, really, for those moments here at a track day is to utilize the cafe. Go and have a cup of tea, chat to your mates, just come and wind down for a little bit and let some of that adrenaline wear off. As we are back now at Tower Corner and uh, up to that chicane that. Uh, Arrived at Castle Coombe as a result of that austin Healy accident that Ray just described there. And you're approaching these just as you described before, sort of slow in and fast out. Now
7: I can accelerate from this point and therefore I'm going to be carrying so some... much. The fact that I didn't blind into that corner really quickly means that in this run down to camp I was able to get on the power accurately and quite a bit earlier. indicator that you might have been able to hear here is that there is a convention that, again to reassure you overtaking is by consent so we had a hot hatch coming by us there that I'm not good enough on hot hatches to spot what sort of hot hatch it was but it seemed again the polite thing to do just to blend out to the left indicate to show I knew the chap was there and generally let him have his fun while we're having ours
0: and it's all about looking after each other out on track at these track days. It's a tremendously supportive atmosphere here at uh, JC Tracksport, And it's all about getting each other around the track safely and looking after your fellow track dayers while you're out having fun as well. And, um...
7: and indeed not killing your favourite podcast host. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> yes, it always helps, yes.
0: This corner always amazes me folly, the one before Avon Rise. Generally speaking,
1: with the faster cars, there is a little bit of a lift, isn't there?
7: Yes, yeah, and again, the better part of Valor is giving it a little bit of a lift because physics is a big thing of driving a car on a track, and a little bit of a lift will actually give you weight transfer and put the weight over the steering wheels and will give you that bit of confidence and extra grip to turn in. So it's certainly not the coward's thing to do to lift, it actually has a physical reason for doing it. It's a
0: really smooth but fast ride. It's, you know, it's, it's not something that frightens you, it's not something that makes you concerned for your life, but actually something that makes you appreciate just how good these Jaguars are, especially this XF Sport brake, tuned by swallows and prepared for trap days like this for the Jaguar Enthusiast Club. It is a very capable car, isn't it?
7: certainly is and i mean really production jaguar cars of the past couple of decades are truly amazing on track the dynamics of their chassis really can come into their own but i would say that while swallows have done a little bit on this car it's not necessary that really just setting your tires to fast road and making sure all the levels and what have you are topped up is enough preparation. Obviously the car needs to be, the tyres need to be in good order and basically if the car is capable of correctly passing an MOT test um, it's good enough. Uh, A thing that can happen though particularly if you're on track for a while is it might, it is a good idea to change the brake fluid if it hasn't been done in living memory because you are putting more heat into the brakes than um, than is normal and therefore a new uh, flush of brake fluid might uh, pay dividends. But again, the thing is you're under no pressure here. If you feel your brake pedal going soft or hard, it's a case of just backing off for a lap or two and then gradually just getting back into the paddock.
0: Ray just taking one final lap now uh, as uh we enjoy Castle Coombe. Get yourself booked on then. jcorguk forward slash track And you can come and meet Ray and learn from the best here at the Jaguar Enthusiast Club. Ray Ingman, thank you very much. A great
7: lap. Um, thank you. Thank you for being my passenger, Wayne. You've been very kind and no sick bag was required. Goodo. <laughs> <laughs> so after I'd had a very sensible run round and learned a lot from
0: being with Ray Ingman, our arts instructor at Castle Coombe, i then strap myself into the passenger seat of the tom lenthal xjs racing car the car that is racing currently in the ctrc championship it is a monster i tried to tell you all about it but you can't really hear what i'm saying until the very end of the interview when we sort of calmed down a little bit we got a red flag and we were able to talk i've left this in though because just listen to the sound of this xjs going around castle coombe six cylinders four liters of greatness enjoy
1: Wheelchair driven by James Wall from Tom Lenthal Limited, a car that Tom himself races and has plenty of. And it is absolutely phenomenal. It's a late model XJS with a 4 litre straight six, that Geertrag 5 speed manual, but it is not like an XJS that you've ever been in before. I always wondered what it would be like to go into the TWR XJS. The touring car that won in 1984 for champion under Tom Walkingshaw. And I think this is about as close as you can get. As we come into Tower Bend now at Castle Coon. James just feathering the throttle, And as you can hear, just an immense amount of power as we enter the chicane designed to take three off cars before we enter the pit lane. Final corner before Ken Lane here in Castle Pugh. Pretty much flat through Folly there as we come up to Avon Rise James getting all of the braking done on the straight and narrow before we go into the tight apex of the corner beyond and uh, we've got a red flag at the moment. Someone's had a bit of a whoopsie somewhere. (laughs) And, uh, oh yes, we see an XK8 has come off at the second of the uh, chicanes there. He's got it a little bit hot on the turning, I think, and ended up on the grass. No damage, no problems there. They'll soon be back out. But, James, what a phenomenal car this is that Tom Lenthal Limited have put together. I mean, the engine is just brutal, isn't it?
8: It's a piece of kit, isn't it, Wade? This is not like a normal XGS, is it?
1: Absolutely not, man.
8: And I've been lucky enough to drive this uh spa around some of the UK circuits and it just inspires so much more co- so much confidence. The um the turning, the lightness, the brakes, and just that. I mean look, listen to that. That's a four and a half thousand rpm. It will go around some well, we like to keep it around 6,000. Come on, probably kill me now. I should be doing 5, 8, but about 6,000. Um, it's, it's just, it's not like how an XJS should be. And it's fantastic that the, um, the JEC Track Sport are putting on these events. And um, it's great to team up with Swallows who come along and offer people passenger that to something slightly different. Swallow's obviously very good at the new stuff, the more modern stuff, and um, to take, admittedly it's not a V12, it's not the same as the walking shore ilk cars, but it gives a minute flavor of what it could have been like. And on a personal note, being at Spa last year, I thought I was in 1984 in the European touring cars, driving with those walking shore and all those people it was just phenomenal and this car is definitely built for purpose and for speed but hopefully Wayne I didn't uh, you know you can fit you could you probably felt comfortable in it in the fact that it's got so much
1: more to give Yeah. yeah absolutely and the chassis is so tight and taut um, yes. it's quite bumpy here at Castle Coombe and it does <laughs> skip over the peaks of the bumps a little bit yeah, there, but, we've had, uh,
8: um, Tom, I have to say, spent a lot of time this morning um, trying to work out the best settings. And we've, we've done a lot of changes to the rear end of this car, or the suspension in general, because XGS's aren't that, you know, renowned for their, um, you know, it's an old chassis, as we know. But luckily, Tom's worked at developing this, this kind of go-kart-like feel, which is very, very predictable. Last year, we experienced some understeer, but we've now worked on it and the suspension, the new dampers he's got on it, have just have just transformed the car. So, um, yeah, it's been a it's been a great day, and I'm just on the personal. I'm pleased I've been able to take you out and give you a little flavour of what we experience on the racetrack.
1: Absolutely, and I hope you've enjoyed listening as well to that awesome noise of this four-litre AJ16 engine in this
0: XJS with James Wall at the wheel. It rounds off what has been a perfect day here at Castle Coombe for the season opener of the JC Tracksport program for 2023. And if you like racing, if you like your cars, if you like your Jaguars, you're missing out if you're not coming along to these because you can sit where I'm sat now, right next to James and others doing the experience laps here throughout the day and just get to see, taste, smell, really quite strongly, might I add, and experience
1: (laughs) the speed of these purpose-built Jaguar race cars. What a real privilege. Uh, So yeah, thank you, James, that was brilliant.
0: That just about rounds up our coverage of the very first track sport event for 2023 at Castle Coombe. Don't forget to get yourself booked on the next one. It is on the 8th of July at Harewood Hill. That's up in Yorkshire, Harewood Hill Climb, the longest hill climb track in the UK and one of the oldest. It's an amazing and stunning place to be whilst you're enjoying your Jaguar on a slightly different discipline of motorsport circuit. So join us for that you can still book that, place is still available. At Blyton Park on the 3rd of August is now sold out but spectators are very much welcome and of course we'll be doing those all famous passenger rides as normal and the Thruxton driving experience the one you mustn't miss out on on the 6th of October, plenty of space is left for that as well. Get booking now, jec.org.au uk This is the Jaguar Enthusiasts
2: podcast. Subscribe for new episodes at jecpodcast.com.